A very good afternoon to everyone. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. And all the time. And his mercies endure forever. Let's pray as we are. Indeed, Lord, we are grateful. Thank you that you count us not the way our sins deserve, but because of Jesus Christ, you welcome us in your presence. And Lord, as we come this afternoon, we want to thank you for your mercies that are new every morning and they endure forever. The Lord, the mercies are still with us now. Thank you for helping us from morning to now. Thank you for ministering to each one of us, Lord. And I pray that you continue to minister to us this afternoon. Lord, as I stand on this pulpit, I cannot stand on my own. I cannot stand in my strength. Lord, I stand in the power of your spirit. May your spirit fall afresh on me and fall afresh on each one of us, O God. Father, fill me with your word that as I speak, I'll only speak that which you want your people to hear. And Lord, as I speak, may you minister to each and every one of us. May you, Lord, frustrate all the works of the devil. We know he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but we thank you that you came that we may have life in its fullness. And so, Lord God, give us that abundant life. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Move among us in a mighty way. Inspire me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord, my God, my rock, and my redeemer. As your word comes forth, may it accomplish that which you have purposed it to, to the glory and the honor of your name, in Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to welcome each one of you and thank you for coming to worship the Lord. And... Uh, as we share this afternoon, I have a small parcel here, and let's assume it is for a new mobile handset. What would we expect to be in this handset or in this pack? Yes? A phone is one of those things that come as a handset. What is the other thing that we expect? A manual. We have a manual represented by this. And I'll tell you later what each one of them is for in relation to our lives. Any other thing that we expect in that handset? A charger. Charging system. We have a cable. We have the charger itself. Anything else? Sorry? Earphones. Yes, we have earphones. I did not carry those, but I carried along something that can help to store power. What is this? A power bank. Very good. Thank you very much. Clap for yourselves. So, as we have the phone, this phone represents our lives as Christians, and when we by the phones, we are told that we should charge them fully at the beginning before we use them. 
And so our lives were in God, but because of sin, we were separated from him, so we need to judge again. And uh, God himself is the source of power, and so here with me is a socket. We need to put your life in that source of power that is God himself with the connections and that power that runs through is the Holy Spirit while his word, God's word, the Bible, is the manual that we will need to be able to understand how this system operates. Everything that we need for us to operate as Christians is fully written in his word and as we continue to trust in the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that power of the Holy Spirit, and as we come to him, Jesus Christ, who is the Savior, we need to be connected, but also as we church, and when the battery runs low or is about to get off, what do we normally do? We recharge. And so... We need to keep connected to God after we have come to him as our Lord and Savior. But just in case there are areas where we feel low, we need to recharge. We need to keep asking him to help us so that we still have power and we have storage. You know, we need to store this in our hearts. But also as we keep connected, we need to make sure that we have the right system, only that which is meant for that handset and connect to the right socket. There are some sockets that have different volts or whatever they call them. If you put your phone in that particular socket, what will happen? You will spoil it. But also you need to make sure that the charging system is the exact one. If you put a different one, you will also spoil the phone. So as we talk today about spirit-filled life, the key to Christian spiritual growth, we need to remember that we should remain in the Lord God and through Jesus Christ who is our Savior, when we come to him and accept him as our Lord and Savior, we also need to keep in connection with the Holy Spirit that is the unlimited power that God has made available for us to live successful Christian life. And we need to avoid going to the other places that are not godly. Places like where the witches are, places like where there is false teaching and all sorts of evil things happening. So we need to remain true to God, the true source of power that is unlimited but also we need to remain true to the right kind of place where we feed from so that we are not disorganized, we are not destroyed. And so as we share, I want to thank God for the opportunity this afternoon and uh, for each one of you who has come, even those that are in, uh, following or worshiping online, and on air, we pray that the Lord will continue to minister to each one of us. And so I pray that God will empower us as we continue with our theme, the main theme for the Church of Uganda. What is it? 
What is our theme this year? Anyone who remembers? Uh huh. United for and thank you. We need to remember that as our focus for the year, United for Service and Growth. And uh, we've been dwelling mainly in the book of Ephesians, and a lot has already been shared, so I do not have to go to that background. But just to remind ourselves about the spirit-filled life, my research showed that spirit-filled life is a God-directed life by which Jesus Christ lives in and through obedient believers in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a God-directed life by which Jesus Christ lives in and through obedient believers in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see that here the Godhead is at play, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, because he is the author, he is the sustainer, but also the perfecter of our Christian faith. Without God, there is no Christianity, because Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Praise the Lord. And when we look at spiritual growth, Spiritual growth is also a God-guided process. It's a process, not just an event. It's a process that's guided by God where we become more and more like Jesus Christ and less and less of ourselves through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, spiritual growth is a process which is guided by God where we become more and more like Jesus Christ and less of ourselves not so much bending on our natural desires and wants, but this is only possible through the Holy Spirit. So when we come to Jesus Christ, that's when this process begins. It begins when we acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. We have already had the reading in Ephesians. Allow me to read uh, from John, the Gospel of John as we build up the sharing. John chapter 14, verse 15 to 17, and then 25 to 26. The Bible says, If you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him, because it does not see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be with you. Verse 25 and 26. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send him in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have taught you, the word of the Lord. So we see that we need to be obedient as people of God who have come to Christ. We need to rely on him, the source of our lives. We need to obey the command to be filled with the Holy Spirit but we also need to remain growing progressively. Just in case we retrogress, we need to return and keep on course. 
And so we will share what we learn from some of this, uh, some of the things that we learn from these portions of scripture. One of the things that I recommend to us is that we look at the Holy Spirit as being evident in spiritual birth, living, service, and growth amidst evil times. And as we look at the Holy Spirit who plays a part in our spiritual birth, but also helps us to live, to serve, and grow in the faith, we need to remember that he is the third person of the Trinity. He is also known as God the Son. I mean, God, the, the Spirit of God. He's also known as the Spirit of Christ. He's known as an advocate, a helper, a comforter, a counselor, a teacher, Spirit of Truth, and many other titles. So that is God the Spirit. And so God lives in us through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit when we place our lives in Christ by believing him as Lord and Savior. St. Paul, in the reading in Ephesians, we see him warning the Christians then about how to live as people of light, people who are delivered from darkness, people who are supposed to live in the light and live wisely and not foolishly, but also live carefully. And we know that he is explaining this to the Ephesians because he had already ministered to them while he was with them physically. But at the time of writing the letter, he was in prison and he made sure that he reminded the people, he warned them against the dangers of living in the world full of darkness, full of evil. Friends, the same is true with us. We are living in times which are not easy. Jesus himself told us that you will have many troubles, you have many challenges, but be of good courage, for I have overcome the world. My brother, my sister, we are in these difficult times, but let's be of good courage, because Jesus Christ has overcome the world, and we are more than conquerors. And so as he tells the Ephesians, Paul is stressing the fact that they should not live carelessly, they should not live foolishly. He's not abusing them as sometimes we think when someone tells you, don't be foolish. He's not saying you are fools. He's simply saying don't dare live like fools, but be wise and seek the wisdom that comes from the Lord. And so for us to be able to live carefully, to live wisely, to make the best of the opportunity to do God's will as we live in these evil days, my brothers and sisters, we need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who is to be given to us or is given to us when we receive Jesus Christ, himself Jesus stresses in verse 15 and 16 of John 14 that if you love me, obey my commands and I will ask the Father and will give you another advocate who will never leave you. We need to obey the Lord, obey the word of God, follow the manual. Like we mentioned, everything we need about our lives, about God is contained in the word of God. 
So we need to obey God, obey his commands, and love him wholeheartedly as we love others. And then we will be aligned to do his will, that will which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And that as we live in this world, we need to acknowledge that we are empty. Jesus says that without me, you can do nothing. Without God, we can do nothing. Without the Holy Spirit, we are powerless. So we need that power as we receive that indwelling spirit as recorded in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 reminds us that when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive him after we have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives. So when we receive Jesus Christ, then God gives us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. Yes, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, we are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. That is what happens to us. But if we have not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are lost because remember, much as God created us in his own image, when our ancestors, Adam and Eve, sinned, we are all separated from God by sin. So we need to return to him. Return, be fully charged in him, but also be able to recharge with the Holy Spirit. And so as we live in this evil world, we need the wisdom that comes from the Spirit of God. The Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of power, the Spirit of counsel, the spirit of understanding and knowledge and the fear of the Lord so that we can live in this evil world. Our own wisdom, the Bible says, is like foolishness before God. So if we are to make wise choices, we need the spirit of God to help us to be able to live that way. And as we live in this world, we need to identify some of the things that we need to deal with in the power of the Holy Spirit. I know around us, there are many challenges, many struggles. We live in the era where there are perversions, including homosexuality and all that is called LGBTQ+. And it is even in the church. That's a sad thing. So we need to be wise, make the right choices, use the time well so that we deal with such vices. There are vices of immorality, the sexual immorality in general terms. There are vices of false teachings. There are vices of blindness. We are blinded. The God of this world has blinded us that we do not see the truth. We believe the lies. And because we want money for the sake of it, we can go to witchcraft. We can associate with all these people of LGBTQ because we want the money. We are being blinded, friends, but we need the wisdom of God so that we can be able to deal with these hardships. And as we know in families, there are many challenges, many struggles. Some of us are not seeing eye to eye with our spouses. Some of us have so much trouble trying to manage our children, raise them up. We may not even have the time because we are trying to look for money which money itself doesn't seem to be enough. So we end up in bribery, in corruption, and all other vices. 
and the family is a mess. The family is in difficulty. But I want to appeal to us that may we choose to come to the Lord. As I've been praying and counseling with a number of people, there are many issues. There's hatred. There's issue of grabbing of property. There are struggles all over. At workplace, you can't trust someone because you are living in fear. They might do harm to you. They are looking for your downfall and all sorts of things. The students in school are struggling. Things seem very hard, but I want to pray and encourage us that while I was praying and asking God, what do we do with all these situations? In a dream, I saw a wide door open, a door of release from these prisons, from these bondages, from these struggles. And as we know, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 61, but also fulfilled in Luke chapter 4, verses 9, 18 and 19, that the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus Christ, is able to bring the good news to the poor. The Spirit of the Lord also brings deliverance and freedom from all those that have been bound. The Spirit of the Lord releases the prisoners, those that have been bound in every form of captivity, and pronounces the favor of the Lord. I pray that we'll be able to enjoy these blessings because we are in Christ. And when we are not, may we choose to return to him so that we can be released and be set free, remembering that our lives need to be directed by God and we need to remain connected to him because there is unlimited power that is available to us to live victorious Christian lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. As we look at that the Spirit of the Lord helping us to be born again and to grow in our faith as we serve the Lord amidst the challenges, we also are reminded that we need to be spirit-filled and this is a command that St. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a command, not a suggestion. It's not an option, but we need to avoid drunkenness, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit because the wine corrupts, it also destroys, it is addictive, and causes all forms of challenges. Together with all the other sins, they put us away from God. I would like uh, the sound team to project for us Proverbs 23, 29 to 35. We'll read it together. Proverbs 23, verses 29 to 31. As we look at some of the dangers and the warnings about alcohol. Can we read together? Who has war? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has readiness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine, those who go to try mixed wine, do not look at wine when it is red when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. 
In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. Friends, there's a lot of warning in that. And remember, this is just one portion of the scripture. That wine is a mocha and this strong drink makes us wasteful, wasting our lives because we seem to have temporary relief from some of the challenges that we experience. And you think you are okay. Like the person is saying, you know, I did not even know when they beat me up. But surely you are beaten, you are bruised. You have endless pain and struggles because of the wine. And alcohol surely makes you vulnerable. You are under its influence. You waste your life. You waste your family. You can waste your property. And one of the examples that I remember vividly is of a person whom I knew sometime that was working in a great organization. But whenever this person received the pay, that would be a different story. The person will ensure that he drinks silly and he lies in places where he doesn't know and he ends up being picked by people who remove all the money and take him to a hospital because he feels like he's almost dead. The only way the family gets to know is when they don't see him and then they are called to go and check or sometimes because it had become habitual, they will try to check the nearest uh, health facility and they find him in a terrible state, lost, hungry, almost dying just because he was given to alcohol and the family had to incur the costs to pay for his bills because he doesn't have any money. Friends, I do not know what your own problem is. It could be alcohol of a family member. It could be a family member who is in addiction. It could be some other challenge, maybe smoking, maybe other drugs, maybe pornography, or whatever it is that is addictive and ruins your life. As St. Paul called on the Ephesians, we need also to pray that God will release us and release our people from all the alcoholism and the bondages. And just in case yourself, you are tempted to think, oh, maybe since people say there is some relief, when I'm stressed, I'm going to take maybe one beer and I'll feel better. You feel like you want to run away from home and go with the friends and keep in a pub. But friend, remember that wine is addictive. You will not manage with one bottle. You'll end up drinking more and more and you'll waste your life. I pray that the Lord will help us that while God forbids drunkenness, he also commands us as believers to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing using an example of a container that you feel yourself fully 
that there is no space left, and then you put a seal, the cover, so that there is no infiltration, there is no contamination. Will we choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit to the brim so that the enemy, the devil, has no space in our lives? And as we remember that filling with the Holy Spirit should be continuous, it's not just an experience at baptism or indwelling of the Spirit when we accept Jesus Christ, but it should be continuous we note that our Lord Jesus Christ himself, in John chapter 20, verse 23, he breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But he also told them in Acts chapter, five, chapter 1, verse 5 and 8, that you should wait for the refilling, for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, so that you can be my witnesses. And we see through scripture, different people were filled with the Spirit at different times and refilled at other times. And one of the things that we suffer in our time is we are fearful about witchcraft, about magicians, about all sorts of evil that seems to be spiritual, the evil forces. But we know of Saint Paul when himself was transformed, he was able to receive the Holy Spirit. But later on, he was also filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit and he faced a magician called Limas. And this power of the magician was frustrated because Paul had a great power. We have stronger power, the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So when we depend on him, we are able we deal, to deal with all the other powers. Praise the name of the Lord. And this power, you might think that it was only maybe in the church times, but the Holy Spirit is still present with us. While St. Peter was filled with the Spirit and was speaking to people on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, verse 16 to 18, Acts 2, 16 to 18, he says, No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Praise the Lord. This is a promise that was made in the Old Testament to Prophet Joel, but it's being fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. So we are living in the time when there is a Holy Spirit present with us. And sometimes some people think that the Holy Spirit is not in the church of Uganda. I want to say that is a lie and we should not believe it because the Holy Spirit is not limited to any place, to any denomination. I have been in the Pentecostal circles, but I know that even here, where I am now, while people are telling me, how are you going to manage to be with the people in the a church of Uganda? I knew that I was told God is doing a mighty work of revival, and surely it is there. And we praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit that is with us. If you are a believer, any believers in the house? Are you a believer? What does the Bible say? that you are sealed with the Holy 
spirit. So the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. But you also need to refill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Pray and ask the Lord to fill you again, to refresh you, to empower you, to be able to do the purposes of God in your time. Hallelujah. Remember our system for the phone? We charge fully at the beginning, but we need to keep recharging. Tell your friend, recharge. Recharge. Let's not get out of connection with God because we have run low on power. There is unlimited power in the Lord through the Holy Spirit to give us the enablement to do the purposes of God. And so as we live in this world, let's trust the Lord to continually fill us while the people in that time when Peter was speaking felt that they were the apostles and all the believers were drunk because they were speaking in tongues and they saw the move of God. Paul, I mean Peter, reminded them it is not the wine. So instead of being filled with wine, being drunk, friends, let's be filled with the Holy Spirit so that God can use us to do the extraordinary powers in our time. He can use us to serve him, but also to grow spiritually. Praise his holy name. So as we remain charged and recharged with the Spirit of God and God the Father and God the Son, as we obey the command to be filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit, we also need to remember that a Spirit-filled life is progressive and should show, there should be evidence that we believe in God and we are filled with the Holy Spirit. As people who are growing, there should be evidence of the Holy Spirit in us. And one of those things is that there should be a manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. What does Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 say? It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, as such, there is no law. So we need to ask the Lord to help us to love him fully as we love other people as ourselves. We need to ask him to give us the joy, the joy of his salvation, the peace that transcends all understanding, that will exhibit patience, being kind to other people, being good, and being faithful, being gentle, and not rowdy, and that will have self-control. Just check yourself. Which of this fruit of the Spirit is in you? Are you filled to the brim, and you are evidently exhibiting the qualities of a Spirit-filled life? If not, ask the Lord to help you, because it's not that we need to have one or two, and not the others. We need the full fruit, because it's a component, it's a full package. But also, we need to be able to attend church, worshiping the Lord, worshiping Him and honoring Him, giving thanks to Him. We need to be in Christian fellowship. We need to witness for Him. We need to obey His word, the manual, and we need to keep in prayer. 
and we can summarize this as grow P. We need to grow, go to church and fellowship, worship the Lord, read and study the word of God, obey the Lord and witness for him as you also keep in prayer. And one of those things that was read for us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, uh, that we need to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among ourselves and also making music to the Lord in our hearts. But we are also to give thanks to God always, not only once, but all the time we need to give thanks to God. Friends, I want to thank God. Like I mentioned, while I was joining the Anglican church from a Pentecostal church, a number of friends were asking me, how are you going to manage in that church? But I was confident because the Lord had revealed that he's doing a mighty work of revival in the Anglican church, and he sent me to be part of it. And I'm grateful to God that there is revival in the church of Uganda. Hallelujah. There is revival in many respects. And one of the areas in worship, worship where we are worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. We want to thank you, the worship team. The Lord bless you for helping us to worship the Lord as he expects. But also, I encourage each one of us, because the word of God is saying that we make music to God, singing psalms and hymns among ourselves, even as an individual, let's worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. But also as we give thanks, there's a lot that the Lord has done for each one of us. We cannot tell it all. He has healed our diseases. He has released us from different bondages. We all had bad experiences in COVID, but the Lord delivered us. Even when we lost some of our family members, the Lord has continued to Encourage us to comfort us. So my prayer and encouragement to us is that we will learn to give thanks to the Lord because it's a command that we give thanks to God always. And as we give thanks, I pray that there will be moments when we have more of testimonies that we shall say of what God has done. And I know that the Lord has done a lot for each one of us. If you had an opportunity, we'll be able to say it. But just to remember that we are in a time where we are completing the cathedral and we have the drive to give thanks. We want to thank you that have already come up and we pray that many more will do so as we give thanks to the Lord for the completion of the church. And I want to thank God for the council members. Any council members present? Council members present, thank you very much. God bless. Let's clap for these people. Any members uh, on SCP team? SCP team? Okay. I know they are available because they have been with us since morning. That there have been different drives to help us to thank God in our different families, in our institutions, in our professions. So may we rally behind uh, this drive so that we can give thanks to the Lord. And as we give thanks to the Lord, friends. Just remember that he has given us everything. All that we have is his. There's nothing that we have that is our own. It is all from God, and he's not demanding too much. Remember that King David led 
the people in his time as they were building the temple and they gave so much that they were told, you have given too much, you stop there. May we as All Saints Cathedral, may we as members of the Church of Christ today, the Church of Uganda, be able to be committed to give as the Lord gives us so that there will be more than enough. More than enough through tithing, more than enough through our general giving and through our thanksgiving. Hallelujah. We are more than able to do that, brethren. But it is more possible with the power of the Holy Spirit because he convicts you to know that it's not your own, but it is from the Lord. And so, as we conclude, I remind us that we have unlimited power from the Lord our God to be able to live effective Christian life and also to grow in the spirit. And a spirit-filled life is indeed key to spiritual growth because the Holy Spirit initiates, empowers, and sustains Christian life in conjunction with God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And that the spirit-filled life is a God-directed life by which Jesus Christ lives in us as obedient Christians to be able to be less of ourselves but more of him as we use the power that is given to us. An illustration is given of a scripture in Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Acts 2, 38, and we're going to end with that, where the Bible says, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, here were people who are asking, what must we do? The Bible recalls that the words that Peter spoke cut their hearts. They pierced them and were asking, what must we do? I pray as the Spirit of the Lord continues to convict us that the answer is that we need to repent, turn to God, and turn away from our sins so that we are forgiven and we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And for those of us that have known Christ before, please, let's also keep recharging, being filled, refilled with the Holy Spirit, that even when we are baptized, we are confirmed, if we do not have Christ, the Holy Spirit cannot live in us, and he is the only means by which we can overcome and live victoriously in this wicked world. So we are going to pray, and as we pray, I invite each one of us to look at your own life. What is it that the Lord is convicting you about? Is there an area where you're not living victoriously because you have not yielded to his leading? Is it because you have never accepted him as your, your Lord and Savior? You are simply a good Anglican. Friends, I was a good Christian, but until I came to the knowledge of the truth of God and accepted him as my Lord and Savior, the rest can be nothing. As Paul says, we count the rest nothing for the sake of Christ. So I invite us that we will pray to receive the Lord Jesus Christ to recommit our lives to him, but also to receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as the choir leads us. Holy Spirit, moving now.
challenge us that if you earthly fathers, you bad fathers know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will my father in heaven give you if you ask and so I want you to ask in your own words that God will fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit please ask from your heavenly father that you may be filled afresh that God will give you wisdom that comes by the Holy Spirit to live in such difficult times that you will live as a wise person, not as those that are unwise, that you are able to overcome the challenges of the 21st century where there has been advancement in technology, science, medicine, where the gospel has been opposed in all ways, that God will keep you as his remnant. And this will be evidenced by your very transformation. Just ask. There's good news when God says, I have not left you as orphans, but I've given you the Holy Spirit. He will teach you. He will remind you. He will encourage you. He will also convict you Maybe there are areas where the Holy Spirit he is pointing you to where you have not walked as a wise person, where you have compromised. And he, he requires that you may recommit your life to him one more time, that you may walk according to his revealed will. Again, just ask, make that commitment verbal. Maybe it is a revising of your routine, your everyday routine, your itinerary, that the place of God will be central in everything that you do. Maybe yours has been a struggle in the area of the lusts of the flesh, the wines, the other passions, orgies, and you want God to discipline you in that aspect of your life. Please ask but also commit that every day you live a life that honors the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for as many as are crying unto you this afternoon. Would you remember mercy? Lord, yes, it's mercy that we desire. Thank you that you do not treat us as our sins deserve, but it's in your mercy that you come to our rescue. Thank you that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That your name is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are delivered. 
Thank you for your word this afternoon. Please receive our repentance. Receive our commitment. Lord, be gracious to us that we'll be transformed by this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A hand clap of praise to the Lord.